Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with one of my mentors, Maury Showicki. In this episode, Maury shares on how he became the only shark who went from pitching his product to being Damon John's right-hand guy putting the deals together from the show. Grab a pen and paper and be prepared to take some massive notes on how to intentionally align and partner with people in business. This is Unleash Your Inner Legend, a podcast featuring modern-day legends sharing their life choices, habits, and routines that got them through where they are today. Get ready to be inspired and to take massive action to unleash your inner legend. Hey, everyone. Today, I have one of my absolute favorite people with us. I'm talking about head of sales and retail at the Shark Group, the one, the only, Maury Showicki. Welcome, Maury. What's happening, Holly? How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm fantastic. Better now that you're on. And thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. I'm super excited to to share your story with everyone. It's definitely one of inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I won't eat, to eat up too much of today's time on this, but I will say your your story of like how we connected might be one of my favorites because <laughs> the very first time I reached out to you for business advice, you were the first person I reached out to. And without any hesitation, you gave me 30 minutes of your time, no obligation, nothing. And I was seriously baffled and really surprised that like you even like said yes and the value that you just selflessly gave. And I remember like thinking like, wow, this guy's incredible. And I asked you, I was like, how can I repay you back? And your response was just help people when you can and pay it forward. So yeah, we'll just start out that like, you're just amazing. Well, thank you so much. And you know, I, I do, you know, I would, I would like to say that, you know, I think it's, it's really important, you know, to um, not forget, you know, who was there, you know, to help you on the way up and to never forget to keep on doing that, you know, and helping others. And I think part of it, you know, if I remember correctly, was just your delivery. You know, um, I obviously, you know, given the, the type of uh, circles I run in and, you know, being associated with Shark Tank and Damon and things like that, you know, for those that you know don't know, I'm, I work directly for Damon John from the show Shark Tank. And, um, you know, I get pitched all the time. I get asked all the time to mentor, to give advice. And, you know, I mean, I obviously do, you know, everything from speaking and consultation on a paid basis. But, you know, every so often I, you know, I'll, I'll just, you know, kind of give back. And I think part of it, too, had to do with the way you approached me. You know, um, a lot of people will approach me and just say, you know, literally hit me up, cold call, LinkedIn, whatever it might be. And I need your help with this and this and this and this and this. And, you know, it'll be great. Well, that's nice. You know, did you take the time to look me up? Did you take the time to, you know, maybe investigate some of my interests? Did you, you know, get to know me at all? Did you, did you come at it from an angle that's fun and, and, you know, likable? You know, and I think that that just goes into, you know, a million different types of discussions that we can have about business in general. You know, I, I say this all the time, the, the difference between a friendship and a business relationship is just a piece of paper, you know, and, um, you know, I would not have probably taken your call or been willing to do that if I didn't believe that, you know, the way that you approached me was, was kind and, you know, just, uh, you know, with, uh, and enjoyable. So you you probably did something right, or or maybe it was the fact that you Venmoed me five thousand bucks before we <laughs> talked. But I can't remember which one it was. Stop it! Let's just set all it kidding right. aside. No, you 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 know you came at it from the right way. You know, friendly and respectful, and yeah. you know. Yeah, that's great once advice. In a while, that's what's important. 
Yeah, for sure. That's great advice for people who are listening in and, and looking to make that big connection. I mean, it's, I always have a philosophy of you don't ASK, you don't GET, but you've got to ASK in the correct way. You can't just take, you can't just demand, you can't be entitled because um, that's definitely not going to get advice from the people that you want to get it, get it from for sure. Yep. And there's been times where, you know, I've had, uh, I've had people reach out to me and, you know, it's been in a way that doesn't come off really great. But, you know, once in a while I'll say, okay, who is this person? I'll look. And if it's somebody who's like fresh out of high school or, you know, first year of college or whatever that I know just doesn't have, you know, the experience out there working and, you know, developing business relationships, I will take the time to say, okay, are you willing to accept some constructive criticism? And they'll say yes. And I'll say that absolutely sucked. And if it was anybody else, I'd hang up on you and you'd never hear from me again. And but if you're willing to understand why it is that you came off the way you did, I'm happy to tell you as long as you're willing to you know, work on it and try again. And there have been amazing relationships that I've developed where you know, these people who truly appreciate the constructive criticism and take it you know, and actually learn from it end up being people that I've done business with. But you know, it just, listen, it all comes down to, do I like you? you know, a resume, the best resume in the world will get you an interview. But what actually gets you the job? Do I like you? Can I stand sitting next to you for the next, you know, five years, eight hours a day? Or are you going to drive me nuts? I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, big partnerships that we go through don't actually happen because it just comes down to likability and compatibility. It's a relationship. It's like dating. It's like anything else. You know, you're, you want to work with people you like. And, you know, once in a while, you know, People just come off in the wrong way, and I've seen big deals just go kaput, even though a lot of money can be made, but, you know, we all think to ourselves, this is going to be miserable. I'd rather walk. So that's a big part of it. That's huge, and again, that's probably why you're my favorite person, because I feel like we have the exact same kind of personality when it comes to that, and mm -hmm. you, know, you, you speak in such great value when you said like a great resume will give you an interview, but like that's not, I mean, like how far can that take you? You do have yeah. to be likable, and that's well, and, and is that something that can be taught? You know, um, I think that, you know, with my background in sales, I mean, I've been around people forever. You know, there are other people that don't have that much comfort when it comes to, you know, being around people. But I do think that you can actually learn likability. I don't think it's either you have it or you don't. I, I really think there are mechanisms and practices that you can put in place to work on that. But it takes a willingness you know, it takes a surrender to be willing to, to, you know, to listen to other people and take their criticism. I mean, perfect example is, you know, I'm the head of sales of a big company. I mean, I, I have a hundred sales cycles and I'm lucky if I, you know, close two a month, but those two are big. I hear no all the time. But every time I hear a no, you know what I ask? Why? What could I have done better? What do I need to do to earn your business? What is it that you would have liked to have seen that you didn't see? You know, it's, it's the difference between potentially getting there sometime down the road or just taking defeat and walking away. And if, if you're always willing to learn, if you're always willing to take that criticism and do better, well, that person on the other line, even though they may not be able to sign on the dotted line today because of whatever reason, are going to remember that you actually gave a shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, you know, within the first, not even 10 minutes of this conversation, 
conversation, it's very clear as to why you are super successful, why you are in the position that you are in today. And it's just, it's just crazy because I know a lot of people, they've had the exact same opportunity that you have. And I'm, we're going to talk about your journey here in a second about how you became, uh, you know, being Damon John's like right hand man. Right. So it's, it's funny because you went from you're you're super smart, you're super intelligent, and you created a product that was did not exist before. And when I said you have the same opportunity as anyone else, I mean they're still right now to this day doing Shark Tank. You were an entrepreneur pitching on Shark Tank. So let's talk about how you went from, you know, the just the product creation phase to the entrepreneur pitching, pitching on Shark Tank, to now you're Damon John's like right-hand man. Yeah, um, you know, and I'm happy to, you know, I'll, I'll brag a little bit, but I'm going to brag about failures as well as successes because I think that's an important part of it. But I'm going to, you know, I think it's a pretty interesting thing. I mean, I'm the only guy, you know, with Shark Tank is now going into season 11. I'm the only guy ever to be on the red carpet at Shark Tank, you know, pitching to then, you know, backstage actually working for one of the sharks in that many years. And, you know, you've had uh, probably about, you know, call it 200 people a season who get to be in the spot I am. So, you know, you multiply that and, you know, I'm I'm the only guy out of 2,000, maybe 2,200 people that has ever been in that position. And it's been, it's been an absolute whirlwind. So, you know, my, um, my, my, and I, and I think I attribute a lot to, you know, really harnessing the opportunities that came even when I didn't think that I had it in me to actually pursue it. You know, my, I, I came from a background of, 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 you know, e-commerce and then big retail and startups and corporate and midsize. So I had a lot of experience under my belt, you know, as far as kind of working in the world of business. But you know, I came up with an idea that had never existed before, but, but for the first time that I really, you know, since my career started when I was, you know, 15 years old, this product that I came up with, which ended up being a product called the Hanukkah tree topper, which was, you know, literally a patented Jewish star that went on top of a Christmas tree to replace, you know, other tree toppers came out of a need of my own home. You know, I, I'm, you know, raised Jewish. My, my wife was raised in an interfaith family. Um, you know, she wanted Christmas decorations in the home and I emphatically refused for years. And then finally, you know, happy wife, happy life. You get it through your thick head to do what your wife wants. It makes you, it makes your life a lot easier. (laughs) You know, she put up a tree and it had a star on top that wasn't a a Jewish star. And I was, I literally made a joke and I said, where's the Jewish star? And she said, she couldn't find one. And I said, oh, come on, it's got to be out there. I'll find it. And I looked and I couldn't find one. And then I started researching the market. I'm like, wow, this is, this is something that, you know, there's a million interfaith households in the United States and none of them have this product. So what the heck, you know, let me just take a shot at it. And before you know it, it went crazy. It went gangbusters. But my point is that this was the first business since I was like 15 years old that I launched without the desire of money as the intended result. I did it because it was something that created a solution in my own home. And after kind of researching the market, I realized that there were a lot of other people that felt the same way that didn't have the solution. And, you know, what an honor and a privilege it would be to be somebody who could bring that solution to them. So launched it while I was still working full time selling enterprise software for a company. And, you know, my first season, I had over 10,000 pre-orders. And that was, you know, years before Shark Tank ever happened. And so then, you know, year two, I started using my own, you know, abilities of getting into retail, things like that. 
And then uh, season four of Shark Tank came around. Now we're in season 11. So we're, you know, looking back, you know, six years ago. And I auditioned. I went, you know, I did it all online. And, you know, the what people don't know is 60,000 people, somewhere between 40 and 60,000 people try out every year and only 100 make it to television. So it's a, you know, you don't have a lot of chance, but, you know, if you, if you keep at it, anything's possible, obviously, you know, look what happened to me. So, you know, season four, I went out, I got to the, the, the video round, which is usually the second round that you get to that only, you know, call it three, 4,000 people get to. And then they basically said, we love it, but why don't you come back when, you know, you've got a little bit more in sales. And I was crushed. I was really crushed. I was like, you know, I really thought I had an opportunity to do it and, you know, it didn't happen. Well, then next year came around, season five, and I found out that they were doing live auditions near where I live. And I said, well, the last time nobody got to meet me, this time they're going to meet me. And I remember my wife telling me I'm crazy. She said, you got so bummed last time. Why are you going to do this again? I said, because if I don't, I'll never forgive myself. And I went and I pitched in person and I put my heart and soul into it. I made it entertaining, fun likable, interesting, exciting. I had my numbers all figured out. I knew everything in my head and I landed it. And then six months later, I'm in the studio in Culver City in, uh, in LA in the same sound studio that they filmed The Wizard of Oz pitching the sharks. And it's this incredible feeling because you know you, you walk down this hallway and the doors open. And for somebody like me who had been watching Shark Tank forever, it's like you're looking into your own television. It's like the weirdest thing ever. And so, um, you know, luckily, uh, you know, I went through it all and, you know, you only see about eight minutes when you watch Shark Tank. But in fact, I was up there, you know, people are up there like, the, you know, kind of on the low end, about 20 minutes on the high end, maybe about two, two and a half hours. And I was up there for probably about an hour and 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, the four sharks besides Damon that were there all kind of said the same thing. They said, oh, my God, this is like. Like, you're an amazing business person. Is this your only business? Because this business is small. Okay, you've done a couple hundred thousand dollars, but this isn't scalable. It's one product being sold one month out of the year to 1% of the population. I mean, this is like not a scalable business. So everybody went out and there's Damon John. I'm thinking to myself, okay, nice little Jewish kid from LA. There's Damon John, the, you know, the black dude from Hollis, Queens who started FUBU. I'm like, okay, bring the car out. We're done. And then he comes out with it. And he's like, you know, number one, my mother uh, and I, you know, my father left when I was 10 years old and I was raised by a single mom with no siblings. My father who left, you know, didn't leave me with any mentoring and whatnot. And so my mother ended up dating a Jewish guy who ended up being like my stepfather. Plus my business partners in FUBU were Jewish for 25 years. And this is a product I could have seen in my own home. And there's something about you I like. So I'm going to make you an offer. And honest to goodness, I would have taken whatever he would have given me because I had a goal. You know, that goal wasn't to get funding for a seasonal product. That goal was to, if I had the lucky opportunity, if I had the lottery ticket that won, where I was one of the hundred people that year out of 60,000 that got to be on national television, then I was going to make it my priority to parlay that into something bigger. Honest to goodness, and a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say this, my goal was to figure out a way to work with one of those sharks. That's really what my goal was. And, you know, if you put a target on a wall, that's the only way you can shoot it. You can't hit a target you can't see. And so that was the target I set up, and that's what happened. So uh, literally, you know, a couple months after we shot and I made the deal, you know, Damon came to me and said, listen, you know, we got to know each other. 
and he said, listen, I, I really don't want to be in this business, but I like you. He said, how about I just help you license it out and we see where things go. And I was still working full time at the, at the time. And I said, fine. And, um, because I would have done anything, at, anything I could to remain relevant to him and to be in that circle. And so, you know, we did that and I went back to selling software and I just wasn't satisfied. I wanted to still be a part of that thing. And so little by little, I just stayed relevant. You know, I would do a little favor here and there. I would do a little something else over here. I would hook something up over there based on my, you know, my experience. And then before you know it, I had an opportunity to kind of prove myself, worked my butt off moonlighting while I was still working a full-time job at the, at the risk of losing my full-time job. And then, uh, you know, four and a half years ago or so, he comes to me and he's like, that's it. You're, you're, you're part of this team. Let's make it happen. And so I've been his head of sales and retail ever since. And, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that's backstage on Shark Tank. And when, you know, he makes a deal with something, I'm the one that then figures out how to get a, you know, some sort of a partnership with it. And, you know, I, I'm front end for his entire organization. It's, it's been unbelievable. And I'm, I'm grateful every day. It's just like, seriously, your stories might be one of my favorite ones because it's not the, like, it's not the typical like story of struggle. Like you literally hustled, but you did it humbly and you did it enough to impress the people that you, you intentionally went to business. You wanted to partner with, you wanted to go into business with. So, you know, obviously not everyone's going to be able to be, you know, Damon John's right-hand man, but there are people, and, you know, I can think for myself, like people that I personally want to work with that I haven't yet established that connection other than, you know, just being likable and then adding value and then making those deposits in that relationship versus just take, take, take. What are some of the strategic steps that you can share with us that, um, like you see a lot of the people when you're, when you're working with that get your attention and that will get other people's attention and admiration so that you can get one step further closer to that, um, that relationship? Well, there's one way I can put it, and that is um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an expression in Hebrew called mazel tov, and it means good luck. So mazel is the word for luck in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, every word is comprised of obviously letters, and each letter has kind of a figurative meaning, and then collectively the letters of that word um, help to find a figurative meaning to the word. What I mean by that is in this case, let's say, you know, Mazel has the M, the Z, and the L, right? Well, the M represents something, I can't remember exactly, but it's something to do with either a house or a structure. The Z has to do with either a watch or a clock, some sort of a timepiece. And the L, somehow or another, is defined by mouth. So, what's the meaning of luck? Right place, right time but that's not enough. You have to open your mouth. So what I mean by that is if you're in a situation where you've got access to somebody, access to a thing, access to an opportunity, whatever it might be, if you happen to be in that place, I don't care how scared shitless you are. Don't waste it. You know, I went on Shark Tank And I aired on Shark Tank. I can't tell you how many people have been on that show who end up complaining publicly. Oh, they, I didn't like the way they made this. I didn't like that. They made me look like an idiot. Really? You just got to be seen by 5 million people on national television. There's probably tens of millions of people who wish they were in your position. 
If they made you look like an idiot, well, it's your responsibility to capitalize on being the biggest and one most successful idiot out there on the face of the planet. The bottom line is you've got to be, you got to be bold. You've got to be intentional. And especially when you're pitching, you must, must, must be prepared. And I can't tell you how many opportunities are wasted because people just don't prepare. You know, I had been in board meetings pitching in front of huge retailers and conglomerates before Shark Tank, but I had never prepared for a pitch like I did for Shark Tank. They make you rehearse that minute and a half pitch 200 times every single week. And then on top of it, you don't have any sales decks with you in that room. You don't have any note cards. You don't have the, even the ability to take a break and stop and look at something. So if it's not in your head, you're screwed and they're going to know it. So I knew everything. I knew my sales. I knew my margin. I knew my acquisition cost, my retention cost, my you know, lifetime value, my margins, my plans, you know, all my brands, my patents. Everything was in my head. So, you know, I would say it's, it's about being, you know, bold, intentional, and prepared, you know, and an entrepreneur pivots. An entrepreneur doesn't, re, you know, react, they respond. You know, I'll never forget when Damon said to me, Maury, I really like you, but I don't like this product. I was offended, you know, in, inside I was kind of offended, it's my baby. But instead of saying, you know, what, what do you mean, Damon? What's wrong with you? Why would you say that? I literally said, okay, I appreciate that. Could you explain? And he said, listen, great business, but it's too small. Let's do this. Why don't we license it? Ended up being the best thing that could have ever happened. So it's just, you got you to gotta leave that garage door of your mind opened, even 1%, for a little bit of air to get through. Even though you, you like, you know, just think, nah, just leave that little bit open, you know? seek to be, seek to understand and seek to be understood, but open your mouth. You know, you got to be willing, you know, there's a very big difference when somebody says no to saying, okay, or, 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 or finishing a killer presentation. What do you, you know, which is better ending the presentation with, so what did you think? And leaving it open or ending the presentation with, so what do we need to do to work together? How do we close this? It all comes out with the delivery and the confidence, you know, because this is the person that they're going to be doing business with on an ongoing basis. If you know your stuff and you're confident, then you're going to know your stuff and be confident with anything you do, not just what you're pitching them. And I think like one, like, and I know the couple of times that, you know, we've been at like networking events and stuff like that, that mm -hmm. I've seen you, people had come in and said, Hey, Maury, I've got this great idea. And it's oh, yeah. so funny because I'm like, in my head, am I giggling at them? I'm like, wait, like you're telling me about an idea? Like it, it just comes back to what you just said, right? Be prepared, have numbers, have an actual product. I mean, how yeah. many times have you been approached about ideas? So they're wanting pretty much your money to throw at something that they're interested in might doing. They don't know if it's going to be successful, but in their head, it's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Well, the most important thing, because you're right, I get that. And you think I, I mean, I think I get it. Imagine what poor Damon goes through. I mean, we're always being pitched with, I've got this great idea. I've got this great idea. Okay. The difference between an entrepreneur and a entrepreneur is both of us have great ideas on the, in the shower, but the entrepreneur is the one that actually goes out and gets it manufactured, figures out how to finance it and gets it done. 
you know, people who call me up who say, I've got a patent and I just need somebody to take it to the next level. I'm like, yo, that's about the, the laziest thing I've ever heard somebody say to me. <laughs> you know, proof of concept is everything. Somebody like us, you know, our group, I mean, we get pitched all the time. We got paying clients. We got stuff. So we, we get to be a little selective in who we bring on. And the one point over all others that makes the difference between whether we bring you on or not is proof of concept. And what do I mean by proof of concept? Did you actually make some and sell them? And I don't care if you did a Kickstarter campaign, raised $100,000, that's great. Did you actually ship them and did they not get returned to you? And did you get positive feedback? Or if you made 500 of whatever the thing is, did you put it in your car trunk and open it up and sell at the fair, you know, 500 units in an hour? It doesn't have to be huge, but that's proof of concept. If you've gone out and shown me that you pounded the pavement until your fingers bled and now you need somebody to finance your PO that you've got sitting from Walmart, great, I love you. But if all you've got is an idea and you haven't taken the time yourself to actually go out and do something, well then to me, you're just, you're lazy. You want to sit there and, and have ideas all day long and, and, get, and get checks. Well, you haven't proven yourself. Now, if you're, if you're, you know, Tim Cook from Apple or you're Elon Musk, sure, I listen to you because you've already done something else that's brilliant. But if you haven't done something yourself, well, you haven't proven yourself to me. You're just an idea. I'm just sitting here like taking notes like I did on a first home call together because of all the massive value that you're delivering. It's amazing. Now you had mentioned earlier in the beginning that you do like public speaking and I know that you do some coaching. How can people yep. connect with you if they're interested in having you be their mentor, their coach, their keynote speaker? Well, I think, you know, nowadays we're all, we're all everywhere. So whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you know, just hitting me up on, uh, you know, directly through the Shark Group's website. Doesn't matter. You know, it's all it's all coming in through the same device. But you know, I would say probably LinkedIn is the best place. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link your direct profile on the show notes so that people listening can connect with you. And um, just heads up, you guys, don't hit up Maury. Tell him you have a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but you better you better make sure it's got some legs. You know, that you've already gone out. And, and again, I mean, you know, I try very hard to let people know that up front because, you know, we're all busy. And, you know, I, I don't think I really understood what it was to be busy until I started working with Damon. I mean, I've got, you know, I'm booked from, you know, morning to night. But at the end of the day, you know, just when you're when you're hitting up a busy person, I, and I even mean like, you know, somebody like Damon or Gary Vee or whoever it might be, you know, the access to these people nowadays is so much, I mean, Look, just because you've tried to DM a Gary V 25 times and he hasn't responded to you, do it 25 more. You never know. One day he might just pick up. Yeah. You know, but if you get that minute, number one, have your pitch down. And when I say, if you can't explain your business idea in a minute, concisely, clearly so even somebody who's a simpleton that doesn't understand your business gets it well then you haven't perfected that pitch well enough these guys are hearing a thousand pitches a day you've got to bring something completely different 
you know, when you bring it to the table. And again, that proof of concept is so important. And then the one other thing that I would say that is incredibly important is what's in it for the person you're pitching. Not just what's in it for you, what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to always be money. It could be that, that you've done your homework and you know that person is on the board of whatever organization to expand, you know, creative arts in their city. Well, if there's a way that you can tie it back to that, well, number one, you've shown them you've done your research. And number two, you're putting out something that's in it for them, not just you. And it makes it more attractive. It gives them a reason to actually work with you. That's amazing. For sure. Awesome, Maury. I can't thank you enough for all the time that you spent today. And I'm super excited to share with everyone um, your story. Hey, you know, I'm, I am, I'm like everybody else out there. You know, I get up on the same side of the bed. I take the same breaths. I'm, you know, I've worked hard and I'm totally grateful. And, and I really do mean it. You know, I think doing the right thing, even though you don't know what the intention is at the time is what always pays off. You know, be kind, give a shit, do the right thing, treat people with respect and how you would want to be treated and ultimately love what you do. And if you don't love it, do something else, you know, life's too short. And so, yeah, I really appreciate it. Holly. Thanks for thinking of me and I wish you all the best as well and uh, go out there and crush it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of unleash your inner legend. For more inspiration, make sure to subscribe by going to unleashyourinnerlegend.com. We'll see you guys next week.